Welcome to the audio podcast of North River Church. You can find out more about North River and ways you can be involved at our website, gonorthriver.org. Join me in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, we will continue on in our series through the book of Colossians, our sermon series entitled The Supremacy of Christ, in a letter that Paul wrote to a church that was walking through some struggles, walking through some difficulties, walking through some false teaching, and Paul wanting them to know who Jesus is and why that matters for them as they seek to live out the Christian life. That's Paul's aim, Paul's objective as he's writing this letter to this group of believers that he dearly loves. There are two types of people in the room this morning. Those who would consider rules something to be followed, and those who would consider rules as things to be broken. For everyone's pleasure this morning, how many of you, if you were to put yourself (laughs) in one of those two categories, would say, you know what, I'm of the opinion that rules are meant to be followed. Rules are meant to be followed, all right? If your spouse lied, you can elbow them this morning. How many of you are in the camp where you say, rules, pastor, are meant to be broken? Raise your hand. Keep those hands up. Keep them up. All of our law enforcement officers, keep your eyes open this morning. Take note. Yes. What we're going to see this morning is Paul address for us this idea of rule keeping in the Christian life. And so as we read the text this morning, I want you to put in your mind as we're working through reading this morning verses 16 through verse 23 of Colossians chapter 2, what is Paul addressing? What are the issues that are present, the false teaching that had infiltrated this church that were causing believers to be knocked off course from walking with Jesus in the way that Jesus intends for them to walk? So I want to read for us Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through verse 23. You follow along with me in your Bible. You can also follow along with me on the screen this morning. If you don't own a Bible, I want to encourage you to pick one up at the Next Steps table. Consider that our gift to you. We want to encourage you every single week as we gather together to open God's Word, whether that's in a physical Bible, whether that's on your smartphone or device, and you follow along and see what the Lord has to say. So let's begin in verse 16, Colossians chapter 2. Paul writes, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, 
and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Let's pray this morning. Father, open our eyes that we would be able to see, open our ears that we would be able to hear, and open our hearts and our minds as we hear your word, that we would respond to it. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. As we've been walking our way through this letter that Paul wrote to this group of believers in Colossae, don't forget where we have come up to this point. As we look back at Paul's trajectory of this letter, we know that there are some issues that he is going to address. In fact, he has kind of sprinkled the breadcrumbs along. And for this group of believers, they would have known exactly what was going on. We, up until this point, don't really know the full extent of what they were facing within this early church. And we're going to get a lot bigger glimpse of that this morning and actually be able to dive in and to see what was this false teaching. What were the things that they were struggling with that those outside the church had come in and tried to convince them was what they needed to be able to follow Jesus fully with their lives. And all along this journey, as Paul's been writing to them, if you remember, Paul has been consistently lifting high Jesus in front of them. So he's been consistently lifting Jesus up, consistently lifting high who Jesus is and what Jesus had done to cause their attention to move from all the things that are around them to the one who controls all things. And so for us this morning, as we look at these issues this church was dealing with, I want us to look at it within the context of specifically for them what they were facing. And then to move beyond that to ask the question of how do we face some of these same issues, this same tendency to look beyond Jesus for something more that we think if we could just get this. If we could just have this practice or this belief or this experience, if we could have Jesus plus this thing, we would find fulfillment. And ultimately, as we're going to see Paul emphasize again this morning, Jesus Christ is enough. We don't need Jesus plus anything. We simply need Jesus. 
So let's look beginning in verses 16 and 17 this morning. You're taking notes, write down this main idea that will frame all that we discussed this morning. Living out the Christian life is centered on abiding in a relationship with Jesus Christ, not following a list of rules. Living out the Christian life is centered on abiding in relationship with Jesus Christ, not following a list of rules. Now, for you rule followers, you're thinking, uh-oh. But I want to encourage you this morning that living out the Christian life is not about following a set of rules. Living out the Christian life is about walking in relationship with Jesus. Let me encourage you as well, you rule breakers, where you keyed in and you thought, yes, I don't have to worry about rules anymore. It does not mean that you're not called to walk in relationship with Jesus. So let's look this morning, verse 16 and 17, as Paul emphasizes the danger of ritualism. The danger of ritualism. Notice what he says in verse 16. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Paul is addressing here this idea of following Jesus boiled down to nothing but ritualism. So if you look back at the Old Testament, you read in verse 16 this idea of questions of food, drink, uh, religious festivals or new moons or Sabbaths, you may read that and you're like, what in the world? And yet, as you look back through the Old Testament, you see God giving to his people instructions for how to live their lives. But it's always within the context of looking for and longing for all of that to find its ultimate fulfillment in Jesus. So beginning all the way at creation and going all the way until Jesus steps foot out of heaven and comes to this earth, there are signs and symbols. There are pictures of things that are pointing to who Jesus is, to the Messiah who would come. And the Old Testament is constantly looking forward to the coming and the fulfillment of the Messiah stepping foot on this planet. That is what he's addressing here. If you look back through the Old Testament, you'll see, in fact, quite a lot of discussion about certain foods that you could eat and certain foods that you couldn't eat. You see a lot of discussion about different festivals that God had given to his people and telling them that they need to abide by this. They need to in enter into these festivals. They need to keep these festivals as they seek to live in relationship with Him. And then you look and you realize that 
There are different celebrations, and then you have the Sabbath, and you have all of these things that are pictures of the coming Messiah. And that's the reason that he says here in verse 17, these are a shadow of the things to come. These are simply pointing to the Messiah who is to come. And so there were some within this church who would come in and they said, listen, we must follow all of these things that we had previously. We can't depart from them. The festivals, we got to do them. The foods we can eat and can't eat, we've got to do that. All of these things that the Old Testament had used, God in his revelation of himself had said, these are shadows leading us to the reality of who Jesus is, they had come into the church and said, we've got to do these things divorced from a relationship with Jesus Christ. These are the point. I was reading a commentary this week, and I thought it was illustrated so well that I figured I'd hijack it and share it with you, right? As long as you give credit, it's okay. So here's the thing that this commentator wrote. He said, imagine, if you will, that you have pictures of your family, your spouse and your kids, pictures of your brother, your sister, or your parents, or whatever it may be. Just imagine that you have those pictures. And like when you interact with someone, oftentimes it's on a phone. Used to be it was in your wallet, right? You start talking about your family, and you say, oh, hang on, let me pull this out, and you start flipping through the plastic there, you know, and you got pictures, this is what my kids look like, and here's what my wife looks like, here's my spouse, here's what my parents, you would share that with them. He said, but imagine if you did this. Imagine if you went home, and you tacked up on your wall those pictures of your family, your spouse, your kids. And then imagine if you never spoke to your wife again, you just talked to her picture. You never spoke to your kids. You just went to their picture and talked with them. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? That's exactly what Paul is addressing here. These practices were simply pictures pointing to the real thing, which was Jesus Christ, the Messiah come into the world. And yet, these believers were facing those who were saying, hey, don't really worry about Jesus a whole lot. In fact, just do these things. Just practice these rituals. Now, for us, we look at that and we say, there's no way we would do that. Like, we know that Jesus is the main thing, and we want to keep the main thing the main thing, right? We wouldn't be tempted by something like this, but let me press on that just a little bit. Why do you come to church on Sunday? Don't answer that out loud. But think about that. Why do you come? Is it just a ritual that you put in your calendar? Is it just something that you think you should do? 
Why do you sing the songs that we sing? Is it just because everyone else is? Is it just because that's just kind of what we do at church? But let me ask this. What about the words that we sang this morning? What about the things that we proclaimed about God? Do we believe those things? Like when we were singing that, were we just singing words on a screen? Or is that truly the cry of our heart? You say, we look at them and think, gosh, we would never participate in just going through the ritual, just going through the motions. But let's just be honest, sometimes we do that. Sometimes we just come in on Sunday morning and we just kind of hit autoplay. We just go through the motions. I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes when I'm preaching, your mind wonders. You're thinking about lunch. You're thinking about the roast that's in the crock pot at home. You're thinking about the upcoming week of what you have to do. You're thinking about, here we are sitting in church, pretending as if everything is okay in life, and I just yelled at my kids pulling in the drive. You're thinking in your mind, I want to go check out the new Publix. (laughs) If we're not careful... We'll simply walk through the motions of what we're doing without remembering that everything we do is centered on Jesus. We don't come and gather to worship just to sing songs. We don't come and gather to worship just to hear preaching. We come to worship a person. And His name is Jesus. That's the reason that we gather. That's the reason that we sing. That's the reason that we worship. And if we're not careful as believers, we'll simply hit play. And we'll walk through the motions of our life without ever realizing that these things that we do, though they may be good things, if they are divorced from the reality of Jesus Christ, our Savior, We're simply going through the motions. One of the things that we see God do in the Old Testament as He's talking with His people, as they're going through the practice of offering sacrifices to Him, God says this, He says, listen, I am so tired of you coming and offering sacrifices when your hearts are far from me. I'm tired of you just walking through the motions of thinking that if I just do these things, I can check the box. I can make God happy with my life. I can just go through the rituals when in reality, God's desire is to have our hearts, our affections. See, God's not impressed with our singing. But we should be impressed with the God who we sing about. That is what Paul is addressing here in this early church. 
that there were practices they were doing just because they were rituals, but it hadn't gone and grabbed the depths of their hearts to help them see that these rituals are just a shadow. If we divorce Jesus from these practices, if we think these practices are what's important and Jesus is not, we will miss the heart of living out the Christian life. If you're here this morning and you've never taken the step of trusting in Jesus, maybe you've come in this morning thinking that that's primarily what God is interested in, of you just doing rituals, going to church, singing songs, giving money, listening to preaching, like that's what God's interested in. I want to help you understand this morning, God is interested in your heart. God wants ownership of your heart. God's desire is to transform your life, to live in relationship with you. That's the reason that Jesus came to this earth and died. It's the reason that he left and promised that his Holy Spirit would come and indwell every believer. He wants a relationship with you. We continue on this morning and look at verses 18 and 19. Paul warns here of the danger of mysticism. He says in verse 18, Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. So if in the first two verses there, Paul was addressing this issue of just going through the motions, here in verses 18 and 19, Paul is addressing this idea of just broad spirituality. You ever had a conversation with someone and you said, hey, what do you think about Jesus? And their response is, I'm spiritual. You see, spirituality, this idea is kind of in vogue now. In fact, if you read a lot of the self-help books, which just read the Bible, don't read those. But if you read that, what you realize is exactly what Paul is addressing here. It's this idea that if you can just be a better you, like that's what's most important. If you can just get in touch with the inner true you. Which is interesting because if you read the scriptures, what you realize is the inner true you is selfish and conceited and only wants what it wants. That doesn't seem to make it in the book for some reason. I'm not sure about that. But here's what Paul is addressing. That was some of the teaching that had entered in that they were saying, listen, you know, G let's just set Jesus aside. If you, if you just get to the real you, if you just realize that if you could just center yourself, if you could realize that your biggest problem is, is your body, that if you could just kind of divorce yourself, like if you could just get to the inner you, just down deep inside, just breathe, 
Like that's the kind of stuff that they're addressing. And Paul is looking at that and he's like, you've missed the mark completely. Why have you missed the mark? He says here, you're not holding fast to the head. That's Christ from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. If you want to grow spiritually, the answer is not trying to find something out there to bring in to Jesus. Like Jesus plus this practice or Jesus plus this spiritual idea of things. In fact, he says, no, what you need is Jesus. You want to grow, you need Jesus. You want to be strengthened in your relationship with God, you need Jesus. He is the head of the body. He is what causes the body of Christ to grow and to be built up. So Paul is looking at this group of believers who are facing this idea of ritualism that's coming into the church, and then this idea of mysticism that's coming in. And then he comes in in verse 20 through 23, and he warns them of the danger of legalism. Let me back up for just a second and talk about mysticism. I want to encourage you in this. Because there are a lot of people who claim to be pastors who are living in mysticism. So let me just give you, just quickly, a way that you can just pinpoint and figure out, is this of God or is this not? If they never talk about sin, red flags should go up. If they talk about you being a better you, separated from Jesus Christ transforming your life, red flags should go up. If they are primarily concerned with five steps to a better marriage or five ways to be happy at your job, if those are the things that form the foundation of what they're teaching, they are living in mysticism. They're not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ because the gospel of Jesus Christ is very clear that we are sinners separated from God. That our only hope of a transformed life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the only way to salvation. If that is not the tenor of the message, please turn off the TV. Turn off the podcast. If that's not the tenor of the message of the book that you're reading, just set it aside and pick up God's Word. I'm telling you, if you are not careful, things that sound good will carry you away from that which is the main thing. Let's keep going. The danger of legalism. Paul writes in verse 20, If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used. Listen to this, key in on this. According to human precepts and teachings. That should give it away right there. 
What Paul is addressing is this idea of legalism, where you need Jesus plus these right behaviors to be saved. You need Jesus plus not doing this. You need Jesus plus doing that. You need Jesus plus something else. That's what Jesus directly challenges the Pharisees in his earthly ministry. That They had taken God's law, which is good, and it points us to the reality of our need to be saved, and they had built a fence around it. They had said, we can't even approach this. We can't even do this. I mean, they had... 613 additional rules around the rules that God had given them. And here, what Paul is addressing is those who were coming into the church and saying, you need Jesus plus works to be saved. So he says here, these are according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom, in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But listen to this. They are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Paul here is looking at this group of believers and saying, you want to walk with Jesus. If you're not careful, you'll be tempted to create man-made rules that help you walk with Jesus. When in fact, if you'll just focus on walking with Jesus and not worry about these rules that you've made up for yourselves or that others have made up for you, then you'll be able to walk in relationship with Him as He's called you to. You see, the thing that we realize if we're not careful we'll focus all of our time and attention and effort as believers in creating a checklist for us in our walk with Jesus now listen discipline in the Christian life is not a bad thing but discipline simply thinking that if we will discipline ourselves God will like us more is not the gospel In fact, he points to the reality that it doesn't really help you at all. So what helps us then? What's the point of Paul writing this? He's reminding us once again, if you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, let him be the focus of your life. Let Him be the focus of all that you do. Let Him be the focus of how you live. Let Him serve as the foundation for life. As we said before, we must keep the main thing, the main thing. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank you for the opportunity we have to gather together. To hear the truth. Father, this morning I'm confident that as we gather, there are those in this room that have never taken the step of trusting in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And maybe for them this morning, they've thought that the rituals will do it. That going through the motions will take care of it. They've thought that if they can just be good enough, if they can 
check all the boxes that you'll be pleased with them. They've thought maybe if they could just incorporate all of the quote-unquote spiritual wisdom out there, that that's enough. And yet this morning, Father, they've seen that Jesus Christ is the only one who is enough. And they have an opportunity this morning to take that step of trusting in Him for their salvation. Father, would you give them the courage this morning to do that? The willingness to believe in who Jesus is, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. They would believe what He's done, paying for their sins on the cross, dying and then raising on the third day securing for them salvation that's offered to them this morning. Would you help them believe? Father, as believers who are gathered here, would you pierce our hearts this morning and remind us that the motions is not what you're interested in. Us singing us hearing your word, all of that is simply a means to point us to your son, Jesus. Help him be the focus of our attention this morning, the focus of our lives. Father, whether it's philosophy or spirituality out in the culture that seeks to infiltrate our minds and try to say to us we need more than just Jesus. Help us to be on guard, to realize that Jesus Christ is enough. Your word is sufficient for us. And where we're tempted, Father, to create rules, thinking that if we check those boxes and if we do those things, you'll be more pleased with us. Help us rest in the reality that you are pleased with us because your son Jesus Christ righteousness covers us help us rest in that today it's in Jesus name we pray amen